Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 205th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy legends at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere, Brendan 8bit. And joining me today, the chicken suit to my raptor suit. We are talking Miss Ellie Hart. You can obviously find her on them socials at Miss Ellie Hart. How are you doing today? Howdy, howdy. Nice little Fall Guys reference there. I know it's going to be a little vague to people. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy you connected the dots quickly because, yeah, it could have went anywhere there. So I'm like, we need to pull this in quick before it gets out of control. <laughs> it's my, well, chicken suit is my current goal, so. Yes, yes. And uh, the Raptor suit, thankfully, it is like uh, ground zero for, for new players and you get it straight off the bat. That's, uh, that's my little uh, costume ride or die in uh, the global juggernaut known as Fall Guys. Holy oh. guacamole, this game is popping off. Uh, prop- <laughs> popping off a little too much, unfortunately. Well, fortunately and unfortunately for the developers. Good for them that they've, you know, reached this crazy success that they've had, but it seems like they just weren't ready for how successful they were going to be i've seen watched heard about many many server drops and issues and such like that which sucks because i guess a lot of people are kind of jumping on this the first time because of the hype and if they're getting like booted out of games constantly it leaves a bad impression yeah that's that's the tough part isn't it like this game is really fun and simplistic, but complicated in its own way as well. But yeah, those people that are experiencing it this week from from the jump and yeah, copying DCs or like I noticed I, I played this week on the on the PlayStation Four and there was these crazy like rubber banding moments uh, oh, in yeah. the game a couple of times. That one where you're sort of uh, trying to get the the giant balls into your, your group's area. Uh, mm-hmm. with the time period and there was ones i'd be pushing a ball and then all of a sudden it'd glitch and it'd be like 10 meters back behind me all of a sudden going back the other way and i'm like what the fuck so yeah. i can understand people's frustrations yeah like i know that i don't have lag because i have really decent internet but i would have issues where i had a clear path everything was fine and then just out of nowhere some person's like tumbling in front of me then knocking me over and i'm like where the hell did you even come from mm-hmm. like he just appeared in front of me so yeah it's like it's it's not hindering my fun like i would say that right now i'd be like oh that kind of sucks you know i really can't complain because i finally fucking got my win i finally got the crown hell yeah you did one and and i mean this is long after an assist of someone else receiving their crown yeah, I uh, yeah. Full disclosure, played this game for the very first time uh, about six days ago now. So last Sunday we were playing in that final beta before full release, and uh, I was fortunate enough to within the first hour, hour and a half of of playing here with uh, with my sensei, got the W, and um, <laughs> hadn't felt better since. I can believe it too, because I think we were both in that final match. Was it the we Grand were. Tail one? Yeah. yeah, and I. 
I actually really suck at that one. I'm not really good at getting away or grabbing people. Um, so, but I'm, gl- I'm glad to see one of us succeeding. I remember watching you running away with the tail and I'm just like, well, look, I'm not going to be able to do anything. So I was just like <laughs> pulling people back. <laughs> it was, it was some team teamwork and that obviously makes the dream work. And yeah. yeah, I, I was on one of the biggest highs I think I've ever had in a game, or at least that I can remember in, in many a year playing that, like it's intense, this game and really my is. goodness gracious, you or on a roller coaster of emotions in any level. Like you go from, this is amazing, I'm loving this, I'm about to finish first or whatever, to okay, now I've got knocked into that wall, 12 people have just jumped on top of me, I've fallen off the edge and I'm out. Yeah, like it was good actually experiencing like the whole gameplay with someone that was new like to it and just like hearing you go from what the hell's going on to I've got this to, you know, fuck this dude, fuck that person. And then, yeah, obviously success. It is a roller coaster of emotion, but it's lots and lots of fun when it works. Yeah, it really, <laughs> it really does. And, and it's, it's great that it's obviously available for free for PS Plus owners. So anyone mm. on the old PlayStation 4 bandwagon that's got PS Plus, download it now, get amongst it, get a group of friends together and... Yeah, try and try and race your way to that crown. I haven't got a win on the PlayStation yet. I only played for maybe maybe an hour or hour and a half or something on the PlayStation this week when it released, but yeah, couldn't get the win. And at almost any of the team-based matches, I almost just accepted defeat the second they started because I just seemed to be squatted up with just a bunch of complete hopeless individuals. Like either they didn't care or they were like AFK and, and it was just so soul destroying it like i had this theory that if you were on yellow team just count yourself out yellow team is always like really bad for some reason but in my last few games especially team games me and my yellow team destroyed everyone so might need to do like you know a quick turnaround on that theory i'm i'm still doubling down on that though yellow for (laughs) me it's it's the color of we and like i'm getting pissed on in every match it felt like as as team yellow like yeah just no one helping, no teamwork, no cohesion, just getting rolled. I don't know. I have I have a lot of faith in uh, Yellow and especially like P, they can be number one. Um, Perfect. <laughs> now, I have experienced a lot of like toxicity, like a lot of people just being shit for the sake of being shit. But only recently I'm experiencing fun, like fun interactions. Like there's a memory game where everyone's out on a platform and, you know, you've got to stand on the right platform with the fruits and everything. Yep, yep. And like I because I'm pretty used to this all by now, I just started like reacting, like emoting to people and I'm starting mm-hmm. to get like cute interactions back and then the person will find me in the next game and we'll run together and we'll like do like little things together. So I'm I'm enjoying that little element for those people who aren't taking it seriously and like we're not like grabbing each other or anything. We're just like you know, emoting and kind of like hanging around each other. So yeah, I'm like, actually hey, really you. enjoying that. Yeah. It's like, Hey guy, I recognize you like, Hey, like, and I am seeing like, cause I like throwing up the usernames. Yeah. Me too. Um, yeah. You, you kind of want to see what you're, what you're dealing with in some of the steam names. Oh Lordy. Um, <laughs> but you know, so you can usually see like reoccurring names in your matches. So yeah, I actually enjoy that kind of like social distancing kind of like yeah. element to it that you get to kind of get to know people but not really get to know them because they're just oh, they're there 
Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I like that little, those little acknowledgements that you can get game to game, but some of the trolls in this game, my Oof. God, that are just being prickly for the sake of it, like grabbing you, knocking you down, jumping on you, whatever it is, like just for no reason, like especially if you you sort of start one of these rounds with a bad run and you're at the back of the pack, that's usually when you're going to get in trouble because the ones that have realized almost straight away that they're not making it, they're just like, let's just ruin it for whoever's close by. So they'll be that's, grabbing you, yeah. smashing you and oh my God, it makes your blood boil. And I got to yeah. say, my most hated uh, level in this game is that stupid seesaw one. I hate that level with I absolute passion. I don't mind that one, but I feel like that one has a lot to do with just luck. Like yeah. it's less about your ability and it is strictly more on luck. And like, yeah, I don't mind that one. It's it's like the tail game that really bothers me the most. I really hate tail game because I don't know why, but I always feel like someone who was far away from me always grabs my tail. And I'm like, I don't understand. And then I'll be at the same distance and I can't grab anyone's tail. So I have to literally like land on a person and grab their tail. So yeah, some of the, some of the, um, the, the grab zone seemed to be very inconsistent. I felt that too, yeah. where I'm like, yeah, you're not going to get me. And then all of a sudden my tail's gone. I'm like, what, where the fuck that guy come from? When did from? that and happen? Yeah. 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 That's, that's my biggest pet peeve. But that seesaw so. level, like, yeah. And unless you're in that very first cluster and you can sort of get a bit of a move on with maybe a small handful of people, if you're in that middle group, you are screwed because there's no teamwork. They're just like, I'm running this way. Well, I'm running that way. And then you got a, a, a vertical seesaw and you just off the edge off the edge off the edge and oh I my god remembered us playing on sunday and i was on a seesaw I'm like come on sides bitches like figure this <laughs> out and then i turned around and you were there I'm like come on brendan <laughs> oh, i just remembered that, that was yeah great. it was but it's uh, it's such a great little game like and you can already see yeah the world's hungry for it like the servers the servers have been down on and off all day again today yeah. with with load management and doing some optimization and stuff like that we sort of saw how their their little um e-shops functioning uh, with mm -hmm. rotating items every day and things like that so you can get different parts of your costume you know your upper or your lower halves or you could get different uh you know color palettes or, or, or texture patterns and things uh mm -hmm. which is cool uh, you can either use your what do they call them kudos points and then there's the crowns yeah. that you can use for for more higher up uh higher end gear so yeah, there's there's some appetite for that. Like, I'm happy. I'm I'm rocking my little dino suit, and I'll I'll stick with that for a while. But uh, yeah, it's it's got me got me wanting to play some more this weekend and get a little crew together and, and roll out and laugh and rage together at the same time. Yeah, I was hoping to play it today, but yeah, they, they've been down for quite a bit. I was playing it last night, and you know, having fun. I feel like it's one of those games. Like, I've noticed that I sit like sideways playing it because I play mm. with my Xbox controller. I know, and like I'll play it like in a really casual like seating position so mm -hmm. i can just chill i can have youtube on the left or twitch or something and i could just play the game and i think that's what i really like about it it's like a no fuss kind of game but i still get that sense of enjoyment as well so i think that's where um where i sit with it so but unfortunately yeah last night just in the middle of playing it, it's just like maintenance and i'm like oh okay so jumped on destiny and did some grinding out on that i didn't realize how far behind i was it's been about like it feels like i'm way 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 behind on that one so I, i've got to jump back in the saddle and freaking get my light level up god if you're Power way level. way way behind then i am 
17 versions of the game back i'm, I'm 12 books back it feels like then because i haven't touched this game since i think it was about february i think would have been the last time i've played destiny and that's that's no shot to the game i love love me some destiny 2 and stuff like that but i need to get back but i'm just i think i'm just going to wait till this expansion drops next month maybe i'll play in the few weeks leading up to that but i'm just going to wait for then i think I, th- I think that's probably the smartest option for a lot of people that are maybe sitting on the fence on whether they should um, get back into Destiny. Right now, I wouldn't say that the content is necessarily, like, bad or, like, you know, grindy so much. Like, a lot of people have finished, but I feel like, you know, Bungie's done pretty well with throwing a few things in there. We've had Trials of Osiris and I think Castle Walls is coming up, but... Either way, they're throwing stuff in there, um, so it's not too bad. But like, if you if you really want to kind of like get a fresh slate, just wait for the new content. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Just gonna hold out, play play in the week or two leading up to that release. But yeah, just keep dabbling in, in stuff like four like four guys is perfect right now because you can smack out a few rounds within 20 minutes. You know, you could you could win a few games in that 20 minutes, unlikely, but you can have like a full full five course session on there uh yeah repeatedly and then jump off and go about the rest of your day or your night so it's great yeah. like that it's a good little you know snap game i guess for lack there of a better term for, for console you could you could play it on the toilet if you wanted to i guess bring your computer or just angle your television screen to the, to the bathroom <laughs> but yeah it's so great and mm. i see um among other great things we've both been smacking out some of that umbrella academy yeah i haven't finished i haven't okay, finished I have. yet i am beyond the halfway point mm-hmm. um but i am really liking it and I'm, i've been sitting there trying to think i'm like do i like this one more than um season one and i think uh, I, do. I do i feel i feel like this time around they did like very good at um keeping the story consistent and relevant throughout the whole se- well so far throughout the whole season like there's no drop-off points where i feel like season one had a few drop-off points where you kind of lost interest maybe or maybe the story kind of stopped or you know was a bit sketchy so um and it's good seeing like the characters more developed and more that, that's what i was gonna say yeah skin. they yeah th- there's more depth in this season like the first season obviously they want to try and introduce you to these characters in this world and what the umbrella academy is and some of that backstory but they really dive deep and, and flesh out a lot of characters i mm. still like Ellen Page, Seven, Vanya. I don't know what it is about her, but she just rubs me the wrong way in most of the things she's in. I get that. She has uh, she has this unfortunate thing where I feel like her resting face is like... You know how some people have... Like, I have resting bitch face. I know about that. But like some people have like resting like unpleasant face like Mm -hmm. you know like they've always just like smelt a fart or heard some bad news or something like that and then when i feel like when people kind of have that face you just you feel uncomfortable and you just you know so you kind of receive that from her but yeah i think she's definitely more likable in this season as opposed to season one and i know like obviously in season one they were kind of you know building her up to something so maybe that's that was the angle but there's this adorableness about her in this season and like her like feeling out her character essentially and you know but I, i get it i guess like out of all the characters out of all the kids of the academy she's probably my least favorite as well yeah, like uh, the the first season, yeah, didn't do her a huge amount of favors, but yeah, getting 
getting to see a few different layers of, of her and her character in season two, as well as a lot of these other characters. Because I think mm. season one was, was good television, but there was no... Like, I didn't have that emotional connection that I wanted to to the show. Like, I enjoyed it, but it almost felt like it was a bit... At least for the first half of the first season, especially, it was more so just I had it on the background a lot of the time. Like, I wasn't completely glued and immersed to what was going on. I Yeah, you know what? I, I feel exactly the same way. Maybe in the middle section. Mm. Like, yeah, that's probably where I was at, too. I was kind of like, eh, yeah. But, yeah, season two, really great. Like, 10-episode seasons. Um, cool, cool story, cool setting getting to see how some of these characters came to be and and seeing their flaws and their strengths and weaknesses come out more in in season two it's it's really well done like the crazy thing is i I find myself forgetting that the singer from my chemical romance you know created this show like yeah yeah, gerard way like it's really cool and yeah netflix are onto a bit of a winner with this one because he has involvement right in the in the production of this right yeah yeah like sometimes you kind of go like oh i forget that you know this singer of this very popular band wrote this but then as like there is so much music where i feel like scenes were purposely put in there to match music i'm like oh of course a musician wrote this like you know i had involvement with this because just like there's a lot of segments where it's just like almost like this scene was made for this song as opposed to this song made for this scene kind of thing. So there was times where I kind of felt like I'm like, oh, you guys are pushing it a bit here, but I always appreciate a good soundtrack. So, 100%. And and yeah, you can almost hear just these little subtle nods to like that Black Parade album all the time in this show, it felt like. Mm. Like it felt like this was some spin-off from from that album or, or that sound that they were going for at the end of their, you know, at the end of the, the My Chem career. So... Yeah, but it's really good. There's no there's no confirmation yet of a third season. I'm hoping it's going to happen because it's one of the highest watched uh, television shows on Netflix. So it makes sense that they do a third season because viewers are hungry for it, and it's it's just good. Like it's you know everyone's maybe suffering a little bit of superhero fatigue here and there, but this is this is great. It's it's that good like black comedy, sci-fi superhero lightheartedness, which which I think's lacking like a lot of their superhero stuff's getting pretty pretty heavy and there are some heavy moments in this show don't get me wrong Ooh, but yeah. it's just good easy watching and the, the cast is phenomenal the story is really cool like when you start to dive into what the umbrella academy is and and how it all fits together you know the the 43 simultaneous births on the 1st of october and everything like that like it's it's kind of cool that they how they've made this uh, story and, and these characters and then translated them to the screen and yeah, I've been I've been really enjoying it. I binged I binged the season two in in the span of like I don't know two three days. I think I was just smacking it out. Oh, well, I think like we absolutely set aside like all of Sunday to watch like the first half of it. Um, well, obviously obvious breaks, and then it, we've been trying to like keep up because unfortunately the internet loves spoiling shit. Actually, you know what? Twitter's fine. I'm finding YouTube being the spoiler of shit like i'm getting like recommendations of like this theory what does the ending mean i'm like fuck off i haven't finished it yet stop using such you know detailed thumbnails thanks guys appreciate yeah. it so yeah, no ain't no one everyone just looking for them clicks so oh, yeah and I'll, I'll admit i i went to the internet to sort of hypothesize on theories and, and sort of see where things could go after i finished mm. the second season so yeah, once you get there, we can we can have a powwow about that. But uh, oh, definitely. yeah, just just steer clear because yeah, the internet is uh, 
ripe, ripe with ripe with spoilers. Okay, and you know what? I'm gonna throw this out there because I knew you were very happy about me jumping on the Hannibal um, Hannibal TV show wagon. Um, also, shout out to Dane who also started watching it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> season two might have been the reason why it got cancelled. <laughs> mm, full disclosure. Wait until you watch season three. Oh no, because like season two, I got not lost i just i was like what's the point of this like what do you guys and then it's like we kind of just like stopped and then we kind of then continued on to like i felt like i watched two different seasons but nothing happened i guess it's hard with that show to try and constantly raise the stakes yeah as far i can as, see that yeah as far as you know how how is how is hannibal lecter gonna survive this or how is will graham gonna learn more about that or survive it's, this yeah. circumstance with the killer you know what? And that's it. That was exactly it. It was that there was this like point where it was kind of like, I'm, I mean, we're just going back and forth on this idea here. Is anything going to come to fruition? And most of the, most of it did not pay off. And then, um, the, you know, the, the finale twist or whatever, um, was, I, I already had known that, like, mm. it was pretty obvious from the start you know so i was kind of like oh this is it and then the ending i was like i guess because i knew there's a season three so i i i didn't like there was some really there was some awesome moments in that season but like outweighed by a lot of the dull moments yeah. and the lost moments so it was kind of like Ugh. and the fact that you said oh get ready for season three i'm like Ugh. which i've just started so season season three is more no, it's beautifully shot. The locations are great and things like that. Not going to say where they are because it'll probably lead to some spoilers, but it's it's still a feast for the senses. But just, I guess, knowing that when they this they sort of started shooting this season, knowing that they're not going to get renewed, so they had to just try and oh, close, no. like tie up a lot of loose ends. Shit, that was what I was worried about. So it about. Felt, a, felt a little rushed. It sucks because it, like like we've said about it, it's such a beautifully presented TV show. Like, it's very artistic. It's very well made. Once again, amazing cast. And it's just a shame to see, like, obviously at some point they kind of got lost maybe in the vision mm. or where they wanted to take it. So, Did you know um, before Mads got signed up, John Cusack was nearly going to be, or, or um, Hugh Grant was nearly going to be Hannibal? Oh, God, not Hugh Grant. Not Hugh, I, I wouldn't mind, like, because Hugh's he's a good actor. Like, he's got some variety in his in his delivery. No, and like, he'd be pretty cool as a bad yeah, guy. I just there's something beautifully menacing about Mads's appearance where you can't read him. Like the moments where they want you to read him as this charming, charismatic, you know, guy, you you get that. But then the second that they split and go, this guy's fucking evil. You go, yeah, I get that. Like. He just, he's able to put like essentially both faces on and like deceive the audience. Like that I just, Mads did really well with them. Oh, he did phenomenal. And and I love in that second season, his exchanges with Eddie Izzard in, in the, you know, he's, he's a great actor. Eddie Izzard doesn't get enough roles. <laughs> I love yeah. him as an actor and he just needs to be in more stuff. Yeah. And, and final shout out from, from season two, the Sabretooth Tiger like the, the museum stuff and and how 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 a person was presented in that like my goodness that was some that was some imagery it was imagery but then i kind of laughed at it too i'm like this is so goofy and then what followed on afterwards i couldn't stop laughing so yeah 
I don't know what that says about me. Mm. So I'm um, I'm I'm also sort of been binging something else. Uh, it's it's been out a few years. Have you heard of a show called Killing Eve? It has been recommended to me a lot, so I'm probably going to get one of these things where it's like shit after Hannibal. I'm gonna... you, you should give it a look. Like it's <laughs> it's black comedy, spy drama, and it is so well so well done. The first series, you know, um, Phoebe Waller Bridge, um, Fleabag writer oh, and yeah. actress of Fleabag yeah. she was the head writer for this for the first season so you can see some of her style within the show but it's it's really great it's it's about like a a British intelligence investigator who is tasked with capturing this female assassin but mm-hmm. they sort of then develop a bit of an obsession over one another yeah it's got that actress from like one of those medical dramas right yeah it's got Sandra Oh in it who That's was it. Grey's Anatomy, I think, wasn't it? ER? Grey's Anatomy? Was it Anatomy? ER? One of them. I don't Grey's watch Na- Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah, Grey's Anatomy. So, Sandra Oh is the, the the lead on the British intelligence side. And then Jodie Comer, is, uh, she plays Villanelle, who's this, this psychopathic assassin lady. Mm. But it's just, it's really slickly written and it's really cool to watch. And just where they take the this, this show and, and like play on this obsession that they develop with one another, this cat and mouse and and um, mixed in with these light-hearted moments, then mixed in with some, some pretty hectic killings and violence. Like it's this crazy juxtaposition and um, eight episode seasons. Uh, there's three seasons at the moment. I'm, I think I'm in episode two or three of season two. Fourth season on the way. It's really cool. It's really cool. Um, oh, I'm really digging it. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just different. Just different to a lot of things on telly. Like they've done the assassins and serial killers and stuff, but haven't really played it in this way and delivered it with this kind of tone like um the the funny moments in it are pretty bloody funny but then it gets grounded in yeah this person has just been fucking assassinated like this is not good like it's it's cool how they make it all work i just realized and this is like a good series and it's like two female leads right yeah yeah kudos to them yeah yeah and it's it's like you know highly highly acclaimed wins a lot of awards and you can see why like it's 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 a good watch and the story's great, the acting's great. So check out Killing Eve if anyone else is looking looking for that. It's on stand for us Australians. Uh, it's probably on plenty of other things around the world too. If if you're listening to us from from abroad, but yeah, Killing Eve, check it out on stand. Highly recommended. Mm. Mm, and when when you're done checking those out, I recommend uh, subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash We Are Eight Bit. Early access for episode eight of The Hungry Game Show will be dropping later this week, which stars none other than Dane Peavy, who is going to be tackling Celeste. Uh, it's It's been it's been a, a, a tough one to, to write a script for, but I'm there and I'm comfortable and I'm confident he's going to do extremely well when we record this week. So that is available. And also, um, probably a few days after this episode drops, be sure to keep your eyes and ears peeled to The Hungry Gamer's RSS feed because the next episode of SpoilerCast will be on there and that sees myself benny and jono covering ghost of shishima spoiler free and very spoiler laden uh we recorded that last night and it's a two-hour jaunt through the samurai wow. goodness so it was a bit of a deep dive um really good episode going to get that edited over the weekend and have that probably live maybe wednesday thursday of this week coming up so yeah check that out anyone that hasn't played it yeah there's I think it's about 40 to 50 minutes non-spoiler and then the final hour is full spoilers. So you can sort of break away after that and then devise your opinions and decide if you want the game from there. 
But yeah, that's uh, that's some new content coming out this week. Obviously, 8bitnation.net, shop8bit.net, audiotechnica.com, all those hubs you want to get there. Um, you can get some merch from our web store. You can also get yourself the best in audio-based equipment from AT, headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, you name it, they got it. Best in the biz. Uh, be sure to check out them. Limited 8-bit purple M50Xs as well because they are selling like hotcakes. Uh, they're very short supply here in the Australian market and that is not me just sort of beating up and fear-mongering for you to go buy them. That is straight out of Matty Stallone's mouth when I spoke to him during the week. So get in while you can or miss out forever and regret those choices for not getting those 8-bit purple headphones. Uh, and when you're done checking that out, obviously rate, review, subscribe us and all the other podcasts on the hashtag 8-Bit Collective on iTunes, Spotify, all those podcast hubs because those reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. And last but certainly not least, Friday, August 28th, the 8-Bit Community Game Night is going ahead. So mark that into your calendar. Probably kick things off maybe 7.30, 8 o'clock that night. Uh, maybe a mixture of four guys, maybe some... Uh, Jackbox, stuff like that. It's just going to be fun. We're going to have like a Zoom call going at the same time. So we can just get everybody in there having a laugh, having a play. And uh, yeah, just have a good time, do some giveaways and uh, yeah, get back to, uh, you know, getting that community going and, and having a bit of fun and just enjoying video games the way they're meant to be. So Friday, the Aug- uh, Friday August 28th, put it in the calendar. It's going to be a great time. But let's get into some news this week's news headlines all right the first one a couple of quick hitters ninja is back streaming on twitch and dr disrespect has commenced streaming on the youtubes and the doc says that he still doesn't know why he was banned it has also been confirmed by sources that he hasn't signed a contract with youtube he's just decided to jump on there and stream at his own free will mm. yeah two of the biggest back in the streaming circle we knew it was inevitable yeah it's just like i think a lot of us were like kind of like i don't know i guess we all kind of like were scheming or curious and theorizing on how it was actually going to like play out i think a lot of us didn't really expect ninja to come back to twitch the way that he did like he um did a post where he said he reached affiliate status so it looks like they're making him you know like they're allowing him on the platform and just allowing him to get to the where he was essentially, but they didn't give him a free handout, give him partnership straight back. Mm. Um, and Which is a bit there of a power actually, play. It, well, like it is, but it's also um, in that exact post, um, Twitch official Twitter responded back and says, nice to see you again or good to see you again or something like that. So it seems like they're actually pretty civil, which they might want to be considering Dr. Disrespect says that he still doesn't know why he's been banned. Um, people are hearing that he's, he does know. He's just still saying that he's not. But I think a lot of us can like eliminate ex- like speculation that he did something extremely serious because I don't think he would be out there like kind of streaming and stuff like that if it was really serious like you know he's not in prison um yet so yeah yeah oh, the prisons are too full with covid so he can't go in yeah and it's like i confession i did actually watch the stream um uh watch, watched him load it up and everything and it seems like he kind of just said like you know I'm, I'm just gonna stream on youtube because like he's he he wasn't sure what the rules were he wasn't sure if he was allowed to show youtube videos he kind of was trying to get himself set up and there was like a few little like 
issues that he was having and so it seems like he was kind of getting himself adjusted but he did you know kind of address straight off the bat like you know I I still don't know why it got banned um it is a big deal um a, a big contract is involved so it's pretty serious but yeah that's all I'm gonna say on the matter so I I think for sure he'd know because otherwise he'd have his legal eagles going at Twitch hard because yeah he would have signed with them it was very, very much multi-million dollars as far as the the contract that he signed up with them. And just for him to sit idly by and go, I don't know what's happening. Like, you'd, you'd yeah. be want to know what's happening where your money's gone or if you're getting your money. Like, I know I, I'd be getting legal representation involved. And, and at the same time, I'd just, in the public, I'd be like, I'm not sure it's ongoing because, yeah, you don't want to put a foot wrong. So I think that's what he's doing. Like... I think yeah. for sure he'd know what's going on. I just don't know if you would actually go on like streaming record, like literally on a platform saying like this, this is what I know, which mm. is they haven't told it. Like he, I th- he think he said they, he still doesn't know why he's been banned. They never gave him any warning, anything to be concerned with into the lead up to it. Um, so yeah. And like he did, he did say like, this is very important because it involves a big contract. So maybe there is a little bit of extra, obviously, because there would be a lot of legality involved because contracts, but, um, maybe, maybe they've found some like clause in the contract or some loophole where they've said, we can ban you without reason for X, Y, and Z. And maybe Mm. they're trying to meet in that middle ground to find out what X, Y, and Z is before he can, anyone can say anything, but it's very ballsy for while this is happening for Twitch to be like, Hey, welcome back Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the, uh, he's the good son and Dr. Disrespect is the, the bad, the bad stepson sort of thing. Like I I think they're just like Twitch are doing what they can to, to get out from under that contract. Cause I'm assuming it was a, you know, as I said before, a very hefty sum that he signed on for and they're probably just getting their ducks in a row to say, because you had these strikes doing these things, we can terminate, we don't owe you any money and Dr. Disrespect is in the background getting his legal guys to joust and be like, you know, stick it up your ass, give me my millions, you know, I need to mm. need to fund my players club. Yeah, I'd like, I gotta give him credit. Like, I, I've never really watched a Dr. Disrespect stream before. I've only ever seen him playing gameplay. But the whole lead up, like he streamed yesterday, which was just this like scene, this futuristic scene of his car, um, you know, parked in a gas station. Mm. And it was just music playing with additional little voice clips that he did. And a lot of the voice clips, because it was like meant to be like news on the radio, like a radio presenter. And it was talking smack. Like it was straight up talking like, you know smack like i I think one of them was like talking about um valorant oh yeah um and i think with valorant he didn't he didn't get access to it when everyone else did and so this like announcer said something like about the player base or how like the it's not performing as well and they even you know added a new character but who cares kind of thing so there was a lot of shade being thrown on that stream and then today yeah he had a lead in a countdown and then my gosh like he had this whole intro sequence he has all these like different like scenes that he has and like i give credit like if someone's putting in the work as opposed to just like sitting in a chair and just you know shooting the shit like in contrast to that like at least 
he you know he earned his dollary dues yeah he's he's slick that production is slick like was he is it the slick daddy that's what he refers to himself as yeah as well? slick daddy yeah so yeah. it's on brand and and yeah you can't you can't fault the production quality that's for damn sure no mm, but can you fault game-based discussion on twitter because <laughs> yes. to I don't know if I'd say no one's surprised or maybe many people's surprised, but Animal Crossing is the most discussed game on Twitter so far this year for 2020. And uh, in a blog post this week, Twitter shared data about gaming discussion for the first half of the year on their platform, noting that so far there have been more, uh, there has been over 1 billion with a B tweets about gaming in 2020. This is a 71% year-over-year increase in conversation volume, a 46% year-over-year increase in unique authors and approaching the number of gaming tweets made in 2019 total, which stood at 1.2 billion. By country, Japanese users made the most tweets about gaming followed by the US, South Korea, Brazil and Thailand in that order. The most tweeted about games for 2020 so far are as follows. Animal Crossing at number one. Fate slash Grand Order at number two, Final Fantasy three, Disney Twisted Wonderland at four, Fortnite at five, Ensemble All Stars at six, Knives Out at seven, Apex Legends at eight, Identity V or Identity five at nine, and then PUBG at ten. So surprising list. Uh, obviously, the uh, Eastern market with with a lot of those games are very Eastern centric from a player base standpoint. But uh, Animal Crossing, top of the pops. Um, mm. crazy I mean it makes sense like with Animal Crossing there's like the initial release the initial hype that came with it and now like a lot of people are sharing their islands they're sharing their designs they share like you know sometimes they'll announce if someone's leaving their island like there's a whole network that's you know kind of connected within it so I can see how like it might not be directly about the game as a game but just more about like content or additional content kind of thing so i can see why animal crossing could have had the upper hand in this Mm. there's a few things in here though where i either don't know what it is or i'm just surprised that it got the like pop cheese well done guys yeah all the all those hacker bots in in age are still (laughs) playing PUBG. yeah now they're (laughs) hacking twitter and just posting PUBG once every day yeah, like yeah, tr- yeah. truth truth be told, I didn't like I had to look up what the hell that fate slash grand order was. That yeah, it's a free to play JRPG uh, available on mobile. It's been out for about five years, but it is huge, huge through the Asian space. But yeah, I'd never heard of it. And you know, Disney Twisted Wonderland, never yeah. heard of that. <laughs> like you don't think you'd marry them two phrases together, Disney and like twisted. Like especially yeah. when you're thinking Disney characters, like I don't really know what that's about. Um Fortnite, no surprise. Apex was a little bit of a surprise. And, and then, yeah, PUBG sneaking in at number 10. Uh, but, yeah, sort of going full circle to Animal Crossing, uh, it has continued to sell like hotcakes, uh, moving 22.4 million units in less than four months' time. That means that more than one th- one out of uh, one third of all Switch owners have a copy of New Horizons in their collection. Oh, wow. Which is insane. That's- that's a crazy statistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, man, that makes me happy. I do feel bad. Actually, I was meant to play the new content this week, so I did forget to do that. But, like, I feel bad that I have fallen off the wagon. I'm actually really nervous to go back to my island, so everyone is going to say, like, where have you been? And I'm going to get really sad. 
but um like I'm, I'm glad that it's still like thriving and like I'm still glad that it did as well as it did like as well as it did because like I've always said the dedicated fan base kind of knew what they were getting like what was coming but then just to see how many people got on board with it like always makes me happy so yeah like it is like I thought it was gonna and it still has a very high chance of being probably the biggest game or the the most popular or clearly most talked about game on Twitter at least for the year <laughs> but the way Four Guys is is sort of coming out of nowhere it's it's gonna be I think going punch for punch at the end of it as far as the the games for impact or whatever award you want to classify it as. Mm, I, I think yeah. they're probably going to be 1A, 1B come the end of 2020 as far as units moved and just general chatter because, yeah, these two games are sort of broken away from from the, the mainstream, I guess you could say, uh, and are just yep, getting into all these other areas like people that don't play games are interested in Animal Crossing. Like my mum yeah. downloaded the, the mobile Animal Crossing game and, and plays camp. that still religiously just based off based off us talking about new horizons <laughs> on the podcast so uh it's 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 crushing it like and yeah one third of all switch owners owning a copy of new horizons that's huge like that that yeah. capture rate is insane is it was it sitting like second in like nintendo switch games under mario, mario kart, kart? Yep. yeah 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 mario so it, it's a really high chance like that mario kart's been out for several years now so Give it, right. give this game another twelve months potentially. I think it's probably going to jump over the top and be the the highest selling Switch game uh, in in that portfolio, which is awesome to see. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Tom Nook and his crew. <laughs> Something that has uh, ruffled a few feathers uh, this past week. Obviously, not only the the feedback coming in from people getting access to the uh, Marvel's the Avengers beta being very mixed to say the least, but uh, they also did another update this past week after the July uh, War Table with Spider-Man confirmed as an exclusive character. Uh, he's coming in as free DLC after the game's release, but that is only going to be available on the PlayStation. So PlayStation Ooh. 4, PlayStation 5, a lot of people have gotten pretty pissy about this. Where do, where do you yeah. stand on this one? Um, I, I mean, obviously everyone heard what I kind of said last week. I'm not really i don't really care about this game but um i'm i was pretty shocked to see like just how much of a negative impact this announcement had like people is like saying it's anti-consumer um but like i i just figured that like yeah sony had the the property of like spider-man so it was either he was not going to be in the game or yeah i guess exclusivity so but man this like like you know, I mean, we all know how shitty some gamers can be, especially anonymously on Twitter. So I should only take this lightly, but I'm not buying this game. Damn shame. I'm not buying it anymore. You know, screw you guys. Gatekeeping. No. Yeah. Wow. Damn. People took this, took this news. Like, I just don't know what they expected. Yeah. There was, a, there was a lot of, a lot of noise on the socials from, from a lot of people that were probably not going to buy the game in the first place, but just carrying on for the sake of trying to be edgy and topical. Uh, I like, it sucks. Yes. Like I love Spider-Man. I love that franchise. I love that universe, but knowing that Sony have got this thing under lock and key, like you saw how hard it was for Marvel to get access to the Spider-Man uh, IP to to weave it into the Avengers and and their universe like their their mm. de, um their MCU, 
Uh, and then the the games are obviously tied in as an exclusive through Insomniac on the PlayStation 4 and then inevitably the PlayStation 5. So I get why you'd want to keep it under lock and key because mm. it gives you a feather in the cap that no one else can have. It's a point of difference. But in all honesty, like this wouldn't be a unit mover for me anyway. Like if I was on the fence about this game uh, and then Spider-Man was confirmed as a character... I wouldn't go, okay, I have to get this game only on PlayStation 4 or 5. Like, I, I still want to get it on the, the Xbox platform just because that's where I prefer to play my my AAAs that are available mm. across different platforms. And, and not having Spider-Man in the game is not going to kill this game for me. I think there's going to be plenty of other characters available to, to play with and, and utilize and, and experience this game in a, in a pretty complete way. And the yeah. fact that he's not available day one, like, I don't want to wait three months or whatever of this game being out to then go, okay, I'm going to buy it now because Spider-Man's in it. I only want to experience this game for the first time as Peter Parker, you know? Like, I yeah. don't think that plays a part in my decision at all. Maybe some Spider-Man tragics would probably be the opposite. And they're like, I only want to play Marvel's The Avengers as Spider-Man. He's, he's my ride or die, so I'm going to wait. But yeah, just it's just not for me. Yeah, I mean, and you know console exclusivity on a game that would be accessible on all consoles but having like console exclusive content is not foreign it's not a foreign concept mm. so you know it's it's been around before so like I'm, I'm just assuming to this like level of fandom when it comes to the avengers and obviously spider-man i guess people just were expecting sony to be i don't know like very forgiving or very like like sure you can have this very precious ip that we have like and have succeeded in making a video game like i assume that maybe the attachment i don't know but uh, like yeah i'm i'm with you it wouldn't have been a changer for me mm. either way so it's just like made more of this discussion where it's like sony's anti-consumer like that news coupled with in the same week that the uh the PlayStation 4 controller is not going to be compatible with PlayStation 5 games. Oh, yeah. And then Xbox rolling out and they're like, hey, all our controllers work on all platforms. <laughs> no worries, guys. Have a great day. You know, like Finger guns. Yeah, um, like, it was great. Yeah. yeah, I guess that was pretty bad. That probably did um, topple them over a bit. Uh, th that is a weird... Like, do you, do you think that's bad? I uh, The whole, like you know controller controversy that to me is a bit of a dud move um yeah yeah i i, I guess because the design is so unique and the like what they've built in is so different they just could not change it over like i get it like because they're using this controller for the playstation 5 in much more advanced ways than the playstation 4 controller yeah there would be some limitations where games probably wouldn't function the way that they're designed to if you used your legacy controller on the new console. So I understand why they've said that there isn't going to be this backwards compatibility because when you read the reviews and see the specs and everything on this controller and all the things it can do and, and just some of the enhancements they've made to it going from this gen to the new one, I get it. But yeah, it's something that they could have obviously done because you see yeah, Xbox coming out with them with them <laughs> finger guns saying it's easy done. Look, we've confirmed it. All our controllers work. You know, you want to use your your old 360 controller. You want to use your Xbox One controller, your Elite controller, the new Xbox Series X controller. They're all going to work. Everybody happy, you know? Like Yeah. You're welcome, PlayStation, for stealing our design. Yeah, exactly. But 
like I get it because there's going to be more tech in in the uh, the dual sense, and yeah. it, it'd be hard to get games working uh, with with a PlayStation Four controller that doesn't have those dual sense capabilities. So I understand it, but yeah, it's just another one of these yeah anti-consumer uh, pins on the board that uh, you know get get branded with with Sony. This is like also for me like anti-lazy consumer because I'm the guilty person that never charges my controllers. So it's always nice whenever I have a backup controller that's like charging somewhere else. So this means that I will now need to buy two new PlayStation 5 controllers. Where where do you stand like on on this charging and battery scenario? Where do you stand on that? Because obviously Xbox are very much mainline batteries or you can buy the little rechargeable packs. Where Sony, mm. it's it's all the batteries um, encased in the in the controller, and you've got to charge it via micro USB or USB C with with the next range. Like I've I've got so many rechargeable batteries around the house, so I never really have an issue. Like if my controller is getting low, I just pop the back, chuck some new rechargeables in, and away I go. I am more like I do prefer being able to just pop a cable in and just let it charge and sit there. Um, I have run into issues where I've had like controllers that like needed batteries and i i don't have batteries in this house everything is like usb charged and everything <laughs> so it's, it's been my own demise but i have actually witnessed how uh, a controller that uses batteries have um, saved certain uh party mode events um so you know i can see the benefits of where a you know battery powered controller you know is beneficial yeah i, I got no me. issues either way like each to their own like it makes more sense to i guess have it included within the unit but mm. it's it's more i guess consumer centric where you can just chuck some double a's out and in on the run to keep things going as opposed to shit where's my charge cable that's my biggest <laughs> issue like I, I always put the cables away so when i need it it's like not within immediate reach to plug it in to keep going like, all right i gotta go back out there find this cable unwind it <laughs> plug it in it's- yeah, this house definitely like looks like some kind of weird, like futuristic, like tentacle monster because <laughs> it's just like all these cables are coming out of the walls, out of appliances and everything. So just video game uh, carrying. Yeah, damn straight. All right, so the the last bit of news, uh, which sort of weaves in off the back, I guess, of Spider Man, and we're talking hopefully inevitably Microsoft's exclusively owned studios. Uh, we're talking Rock City, who fall under the Warner Brothers Interactive banner uh overnight hot off the press this uh tweet popped out just so i was going to sleep rocksteady announces suicide squad game by matt perslow over at ign batman arkham series developer rocksteady has announced that it is working on a suicide squad game finally and will announce further details on august the 22nd as part of dc fandom which is dc comics digital fan event the Suicide Squad game was first considered a possibility uh, possibility following the end of Batman Arkham Origins, developed by WB Games Montreal, which featured a post-credit scene in which Deathstroke is asked by Amanda Waller to join the Suicide Squad. In the years since Rocksteady shipped Batman Arkham Knight, there have been rumors suggesting the studio has been working on a Suicide Squad game, but no official word from the development team or publisher WB Games. These rumors once again, uh, these rumors arose once again last month with a suggestion that the game's full name may be Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Although the poster art featured in a tweet that was sent just last night by at Rocksteady Games just says Suicide Squad. The logo, however, is arranged as a crosshair over Superman's head. So it certainly looks like the squad have it out for the JL. 
No more details have been revealed as part of the tweet, but we'll likely find out much more at DC Fandom on August the 22nd. WB Games are already known to be showing off things as part of the event, but it's unclear if Suicide Squad is the only game being revealed or if it's part of a number of announcements from the publisher. So, the rumors are true. Uh, We're getting a Suicide Squad game. We're going to be hunting the Justice League, one would assume. There was obviously rumors that they might have been working on a Superman game there for a hot minute. Uh, but yeah, they've, they've doubled down on the Suicide Squad. It makes sense with the the soft reboot of the Suicide Squad film franchise well underway, and and yeah. uh, you know I think it's coming to our screen. Is it next year? It's twenty twenty one. It's released, right? Everything's coming next year. Uh, yeah, you know, touch wood, <laughs> depending on how the world plays out. But yeah. this is cool. <laughs> if if is... it's still going to be around next year, yeah. Um, I'm very curious, like what this style of game is. Like I, I um, I'm I'm a tragic and being very okay with the suicide squad movie um like i've always said it's not a masterpiece but i enjoy watching it um as well as goes with the comics um it's it's a cool concept i've always liked the idea of the suicide squad but i'm wondering how this game would play out so you know you'd have the certain members inside the squad will it it be like rotating will like certain chapters be certain characters or will it is this their counter to maybe the Avengers game? Like, that's that's a very valid point. Like, when when the name is called Suicide Squad, you don't think it's going to be a singular person where all you're playing is Deadshot the whole time or Harley no. Quinn or whoever it is. Like, maybe it's going to be mission based and you can select who you take out as your character, or maybe you have mm-hmm. a few people with you and you can just hot swap as you go. Yeah. Or, as you said, I think that'd be really cool if it was you and three squad mates rolling through these levels and things, whether it be uh, real, real people or maybe AI characters that can control them and you can swap around as you go. Um, yeah. I think that'd be cool. And and a perfect direct competitor to Marvel's The Avengers, especially with it being positioned the way it is after these initial uh, beta re- reveals and reviews where they're like, oh, it's kind of shitty. So yeah, yeah. Who knows? God, I just hope there's like, I really hope that like, if you fail a mission, your head explodes. Like that'd be great. I really want. I really want to see that. <laughs> I mean, you're wearing those colors. I want to see it. I'm I'm hoping they really double down on the insanity. Like, I hope they they give it an MA rating or an R. Like, oh, I don't think yeah. we'll see an R rating, but make it more violent, more dark, more. Yeah. Yeah, more of that insanity instead of trying to toe the company line, like go down the the dark DC path and fully commit to the story and the what it's known for. Give me dark humor. Give me like some like some humor in there, but like I want to like I want to see like go I want to see like Mortal Kombat level of like, you know, fucked uppery. So that would be cool. I really hope they do go down that route. I hope they don't go down some shitty fucking family friendly. I mean, the game's called Suicide Squad. Whoever's buying a game called Suicide Squad for their kid would just, you know, need to reconsider. But yeah, I yeah, I want gritty. I want gory. I want dark humor. I, I want Killer Croc to look badass too. Like that was one of my biggest <laughs> gripes with the film was how they made like, and I know they tried to ground it in sunset up some you know, sense of reality. So they just, you know, made and him look the, the way he did. the biggest curse in DC movies. They always try to ground it in reality. Yeah. Fucking comic book. 
go wild. There's a man in a cape. Just like make the characters look like the characters, please. Yeah, like because Killer Croc's one of the best looking characters in that world. Like I love that he's just this big ass. Don't fuck with me, crocodile man. Like mm. you know, don't just yeah, make him not? a normal looking dude with some scaly skin. Like Plus he commit. Had a, he has a great backstory too, like a pretty like tragic one as well. But like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I hope this does actually. Um, oh, I wonder if this will give some kind of, you know, like some 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 stories, some background for maybe people who aren't comic book readers or heavily involved. Maybe it's going to be a good way to get some more of the behind the scenes information of the Suicide Squad and its members Mm. to maybe, you know, lead up for the movie. So a little bit more like people understand the characters a bit more, how they get to be there and what's, and you know, what's at stake essentially. So, which I guess the movie didn't really help. No, no. So yeah, it'd be nice to see them, flesh out some of these characters more and in a in a big game like this like they did it really well with the arkham series where they gave a lot of backstory and 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 depth to the villains and the leads and even some of the ancillary characters like like uh rocksteady and then wb games as well with with origins they really took a lot of care and attention to detail in in developing those games so i'm assuming we're going to get similar continuity with this uh, Suicide Squad game. And the cool thing is we only got to wait like two weeks to get some some more gameplay. announcements, maybe some game. I don't know if we get gameplay, maybe we'll just get a, a cool trailer, but it's enough to get people excited. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, DC Tragic. I just want this to do really, really well. Um, the attachment to the other um, Arkham games gives me hope. Especially the first two, they did that so well. well yeah. And I've always, I've always said, especially when it comes to like Batman villains specifically, um, like they they always have great story. They've always got like great background, and um, there's always like a little bit of a sense of like empathy towards them as well. So I just hope, yeah, Suicide Squad. Hope they flesh it out. I hope they make the characters not relatable, but just like something that you can attach to, learn from, and then it can open up the path to a movie that will hopefully be done amazingly. I'm quietly confident that the movie will be okay to pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) What was that lead up to disappointment? (laughs) I'm pretty confident it's going to be okay. (laughs) Thanks, man. Well, Maybe I should have said pretty good. Like James Gunn, he's got a he's got a knack for these types of movies, and you saw what he yeah. did with Guardians. If they, you know, use a similar formula with Guardians, but just make it a bit darker, a bit more mm. crude, really double down on on that Suicide Squad uh, branding and and sort of style. I think it'll do well. Yeah, yeah maybe I, saying okay my... is a bit of a bit of an undersell. Yeah, especially like I'm not I'm not an Avengers I'm not a Marvel person much, but at least I can say that I did enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, yeah. so I can take that. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's move into this little banger. New releases and events. There ain't much doing this week, to be completely <laughs> honest, people. Uh, <laughs> there's five games coming out, all five of them. I couldn't really give two craps about. You know, not saying that the games aren't great or. You know, the people behind these games haven't busted their butts to get them to market, but like Hyperscape gets the full release on August the 11th, which is something that could potentially become something in the Battle Royale space. We've talked about that game on and off over the last month or two, so I don't think we need to really Mm. dive on there. It's like a UFC game coming out this week I didn't even know about. Uh, Deliver Mm. Us to the Moon 
as a Switch exclusive, Total War Saga Troy on the PC, and then Metamorphosis uh, drops on just about everything on the 12th. I don't think there's any new movies or television shows coming out this week. Oh, actually, I lie. Lovecraft Country, I should say. I'm keen. It's uh, Jordan Peele, J.J. Abrams are behind this. Um, oh, yeah. okay. Sign, oh, sign me up. Great. Now I've got another thing to add to my list. I'm going to get TV watching fatigue. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> so, yeah, check out Lovecraft Country, HBO, so we can get it here in Foxtel in the AU or HBO Max, I'm assuming, for the rest of the world. One day we'll get that service, maybe. Don't know. It's really good. Yeah, I've heard. I've got uh, I've got FOMO, but Shudder has just released here in Australia. Any horror fans oh. out there? Shudder is available now here in, in the AU, so get on that. I think it's about eight bucks a month for an absolute bucket load of horror and slasher and thriller stuff. So, so if you want to want to fix, uh, get your sort of yeah squeamish fix done, Shudder is available here in the AU. Let's get into this. Sweet of the week. And I want to just highlight this because I watched this sort of hysteria play out in real time <laughs> on the social medias yesterday. And uh, the first tweet I've grabbed is from uh, Dextero, uh, which is Dextero.com. And the, the tweet read, TikTok could be banned in the US by September 20 after the White House issued a new executive order to block the app. Tencent was also named in the executive order, which could have huge effects on the gaming industry. And then sort of a little back back history. Most people should know who Tencent are. It's a massive big conglomerate out of out of Asia. And as far as their ownership stakes in gaming go, they own Riot Games 100%. They own 84% of Supercell. They own 40% of Epic Games. They own 5% of Blizzard. They own 5% of Ubisoft, as well as dozens of other developers with some form of stake via Tencent. So the fear immediately was then that these games would be banned in the US. So you think of <laughs> you think of your WoWs, your Fortnites, all this. So any any transaction that was tied into Ten Cent would then be deemed illegal. So all their e-shops and stuff would be shut immediately. The internet melted down for an hour or so. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Cuz I didn't realize exactly um how much like it like it affected cuz like the only one I knew was like Riot Games. And I, I'm trying to think if there is any games that I play from Riot. So League of Legends? I was just like, <laughs> Valorant? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, it, like, it didn't seem like... I was like, oh, that's pretty bad. But then, yeah, Epic Games. That was the one one Blizzard. But, like, Epic Games, I was just like, oh, shit. Could you imagine being all those developers that had just signed up on the Epic Games store, you know, with that exclusivity to, you know, Epic Games to hold your content to be you know the exclusive storefront you know with the benefits obviously but then just seeing that being like uh you know <laughs> it might not be able to sell your game anymore in america you know one of the biggest consumers yeah so people freaking like because obviously with blizzard activision that's the call of duty games that's world of warcraft that's diablo that's all these oh, massive massive franchises call of duty. yeah uh, and so everyone was like oh my god the, in the industry's gonna be ruined Trump, fuck you, all this stuff. And then there was an update that came out um, according to a new White House statement. Game developers owned by Tencent won't be affected by the executive order. Only WeChat will be targeted. So that is obviously the uh, the WhatsApp equivalent that is huge, uh, used massively through the Eastern market. Uh, it's a, you know, a chat-based system, call-based system that can then get, a, get around paying for you know, telco charges throughout the US. And I think that's one of the biggest things. America are just shitty that they can't get a slice of the pie from WeChat because it's a huge platform. 
funnily enough, it's used as a, like I know here in Australia because one of my friends in Sydney, you know, he's, he's an Asian fellow himself and they've got like almost like this pseudo sex line thing in the chat classifieds in WeChat where if you have like what? in or out written in your profile, in means, you know, your, your, your services allow people to come to you and, and get your pleasures. But if you have out in your little profile, it means, you know, they're mobile and they'll come to you and give you those pleasures. So... Yeah, there's this weird underbelly that's that's on the back of WeChat that well, I never even knew existed. Something completely different. Yeah. I'm now gonna like WeChat. I just like yeah, I thought it was like a WhatsApp kind of thing, but it seems like it's a little bit more in depth. But like, I mean, free messaging services, or was it also calling as well? Calling as well, yeah. And that's uh, that was where it sort of I think grinded the gears a lot because those American telcos aren't getting a penny of that. Yeah. Yeah, well, unless say you know using Wi-Fi yeah. or internet, but that's about it. And then on the back of that, obviously, the the data is the the constant ongoing thing. You know, China's taking all our all our data. And it's like so is Facebook. So is, so it's just about every platform. Like just mm-hmm. calm your farm. But yeah, TikTok, yeah, looking to be banned in in you know sometime in September. Microsoft are now trying to buy TikTok, at least the the United States ownership of it or that arm of it to keep it going mm. and keep it proud and American owned because that's all mm. Trump seems to care about, but yeah, the industry just melted down over the space of an yeah. hour and then that follow-up tweet was like, "No, nah, it's all good. It's just WeChat and TikTok. Don't worry. Everything's okay." Yeah. It's interesting how like news can just like break like that and then like cause hysteria and then just be like oh no it's all good it's yeah like, man i feel like people should just like really like dig in deep before they report things sometimes because like i said it's it's the epic game store that that was the thing that i was worried about like all those like devs and indie you know developers out there that you know had a real stake yeah it's nuts and like you see a lot of this data coming out and getting shared around now too as far as where tencent are positioned in the gaming space and they are mm. head and shoulders above everybody else as far as their their revenue goes from video games like i think they're i don't have the numbers exactly in front of me, i think they were like at 115 billion as far as their their, their worth and then in mm. second place was like sony on like i think 66 billion or something like that so you can see how big 10 cents are and like on the back of that and this this executive order like 10 cent funds a lot of film development and stuff like that too and funnily enough, one of the Twitter chats I got stuck in on it was about the new Top Gun movie, obviously very pro-America, you know, pro-military. And it's like Tencent, uh, one of the major production companies funding that film. So I'm like, oh, no. Imagine all the army people up in arms that, that we don't get to see Maverick again now because of Trump. So it was... Uh, Just like everything that Americans like to be proud of, that's, you know, you know they showing off American pride, it's usually made in China. Yeah, it's just it's nature of the beast, really yeah yeah all right let's get into the last part of episode 205 you've got mail mail <laughs> I, I keep forgetting to fix that <laughs> just because he's he's already said growly yeah. and then he whispers it again to yeah. you mail 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 <laughs> mail <laughs> ah chuck fresh we love you and this question of the week or our mailbag question of the week following logic's decision to in quotes retire from music and jump to twitch which celebrity not associated with gaming would you like to see start a twitch channel 
and we'll leave, we'll read off with some listener responses to start with. And uh, at it's Tilby, Matt Tilby, he says, "Could you imagine how insane Charlie Day's streams would be?" Yes, I can, and I would watch that. Like, I'm not a big consumer of streaming content and 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 stuff like that in general, but I don't mind jumping in to see a little bit and then jumping out. Like, I'm very much get a little taste. All right, rest of my day, like I can't sit there and watch someone for like eight hours a day or whatever. Like some people do. Like it's just not for me. I can't do it eight hours, but I can do like I can I can do like a TV show sitting or like you know a few hours. Yeah, I can I can binge TV and movies or play games. 8, 10, 12 hours a day, easy peasy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just watching someone else for that long, not for me. All right, Screamus, he says, hmm, tricky one. I'd say Ryan Reynolds or Henry Cavill. Oof, uh, I second that. A couple of NPCs, Henry Cavill or nothing. Benny McJanet, the Spawny 13, none. Clearly, he does not like celebrities or fun, but we love you, Benny. At Rusty Steel Pipe, Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally live streaming their Puzzle oh. Odyssey. Yeah. I'd watch the heck out of that. They are just great, great people. I was so happy when I found out they were together. Yeah. It's it's just a, a perfect pairing, isn't it? Yeah. And some of the photos that are that uh yeah, Rusty Steel Pipe on the Twitters that attach to that with their their puzzle odyssey, they're phenomenal. They are great photos. <laughs> um yeah, Don Fisher at Dodgy Don Gaming, he's highlighted that Rusev has recently made the switch to streaming from the WWE. So he got released and now uh, old Rusev streaming his heart out on the Twitch. And then at Simon Valentine 1, Tom Hanks, obviously, was his response. So... Could you imagine how wholesome that content would be? Oh, it'd be fantastic. I'd love to get a shout out from Tom Hanks. I think everybody would. The world would be better with more Tom Hanks-oriented shout outs. Like... He's now like an unofficial Australian because of being one of the first celebrities to catch COVID when he was over here and the Australians, you know, nursing him back to health and everything else like that. And, and he's like, he's made friends with this, this young, this young child here in Australia and they're like pen pals now. So occasionally we get updates on the morning news shows and stuff where they're, you know, exchanging letters and, and, you know, seeing what's been happening. Like, I think it's so cute. And he's just a, Mm. just a great dude. old Tommy Hanks. Who would you like to see? I really thought about this because when it comes to Twitch streaming, you want content. Like you want someone that you just want to watch constantly. And I had to like think about like who would be interesting to watch constantly as well as being on a platform. And I don't know why I thought of Bill Burr because I just want to see him just rant and rage while playing games. Like, and he'd just be hilarious because he would just go off and just like say this random funny shit. And like, you know, if someone jumps in like the voice chat and just hearing him like you know have a go at them kind of thing and because he's just like such a natural comedian and he has that accent like i just think it would be really funny yeah he'd he'd be a good watch i i thought first like donald glover would be perfect for it because he can be funny he can be serious you know he could he'd probably start singing and making music while he's playing games um he's, Mm -hmm. he's just a very talented talented individual uh so i think he'd be perfect on that platform like he's yeah, the triple threat, quadruple threat, whatever it is. Like, he can do just about anything. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure he'd succeed in the streaming space. Outside of that, I don't know. Like, I was trying to think of, like, older, quirkier people too. And I was thinking, like, like I know we've sort of mentioned the Morgan Freemans, the Jeff Goldblums and stuff. They'd be great to watch just mm-hmm. because, like, especially Jeff Goldblum, we have just this enthusiasm around everything he does and this curiosity. Yeah. 
You know? yeah. Oh, what what are these bits? What do they do? Oh, yeah. subscribe it, you know. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, I've I've got another sub. Oh, what's this? A sub train? Oh. Yeah, stuff, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> some wholesome stuff. Yeah, and then just some like people that would just play characters the whole time. Like, uh, I'd love to see like Soup Nazi streaming and just him playing Soup Nazi the whole time. You know, and just you know just. <laughs> accosting the chat and abusing people in game just as the soup nazi stuff like that just little throwbacks uh, i mean well like with the mention of nick offerman sometimes i have a, a hard time like separating him from his character in parks and rec so then i i'm imagining him streaming and just sitting there just staring at the screen and someone being like do something and i don't think i will like <laughs> yeah. no thank you like just being so stern and strict so yeah. And then the other one, just seeing like Chris Hemsworth role players like Out of Shape Thor and just streaming all day as Out of Shape Thor. That would have been good. That would have been really good. But yeah, it's. I think we're going to see more and more of this, especially with global isolation, you know, people being almost banned, like film, TV, all that stuff just getting put on on the back burner due to social distancing and this disease, this virus, sorry. yet more people I think are going to start dipping toes on that. We're, we're seeing more and more celebrities to jump on Cameo. Like I see pop-up ads of like, hey, I'm on Cameo, you know, drop yeah. me some money and we'll, we'll chat or whatever else. Like everyone is going to that well. Yeah. And you know what? I think we'd actually all be genuinely surprised to see how many celebrities already stream on Twitch. I remember how shocked I was when Freddie Prince Jr. was streaming on Twitch. He was going at it in Justice League. No, in Justice um and like he was he was going ham at it and he was talking about it how much he loved it and then he was challenging people to like join him and fight him and i'm like this is crazy and there's a bunch of musicians that are already mm. on the platform as well so. he's he's great on like on his streams as well freddie like big mass effect tragic so I, I watched one of his streams when he was playing mass effect and just just the knowledge he had of the game and the universe yeah. and you know he, and yeah he was just riffing with with the chat and stuff like it's cool to see those walls get knocked down where you know obviously you see a lot of celebrities and you feel i'm never gonna meet this person or be able to say anything to them when you idolize them or whatever it else it is and then you're in a chat you're like yo man what's going on they're like hey da, 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 and just yeah you know, just the, the that curtain just drops straight away and it's like man this is this is cool what a world we live in yeah i guess it's also that um that's kind of like level of elitism where we kind of say if that person's famous then like the idea of them not really having much of a personality, I guess. There's kind of like a disconnect. And then just seeing them on this platform, like bearing their all and just like being completely honest and upfront with who they are. And you're just being like, ah, they're normal. Yeah. (laughs) They're a normal person. Like we take them off the pedestal that we put them on in the first place type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, interesting. We'll We'll see what Logic does. That was... Very sad seeing uh, Logic retire from from the the rap game because he he's extremely talented one of one of the best hip hop or rap artists that I've ever encountered and love love his stuff love his stuff his Under Pressure album still probably my favorite but uh, yeah whatever he touches turns to gold and we'll see what he does on Twitch so uh, yeah this has been episode two hundred five of the Hungry Games podcast anything you want to say before we we pack this bad boy up no uh, no but like I've also been listening to Oliver Tree. And that was that was a wormhole of like following down some interesting music videos and then like some information about who he was. If you know who Oliver Tree is, you probably understand what I mean. If you don't, just look up his music. Am I am I right in thinking was he the guy that did the song the other day with Selena Gomez on uh, Animal Talking? No. Okay, no, way off. 
<laughs> well, if 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 you may have seen him, like a picture of him, he's like this guy with like a bowl cut, and like he's wearing like a nineties kind of like look, and he's always on a scooter. I don't. know. It's weird, but like the music's actually not bad. So I'm gonna give a song a spin after this, and we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, this has been episode 205 of the Hunger Games podcast. Be sure to rate, resubscribe us on all those podcast platforms. Follow us as a collective at We Are 8 Bit. Follow Miss Ali Hart at Miss Ali Hart and follow myself at Brendan 8 Bit. But until next week, 8 Bit Nation, we come back at you for the 206th time. Much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. I can't believe Selena Gomez was on Animal Talking. That's crazy. Yeah, watching her interview as well was weird yeah the, the, the joke she was she was throwing around yeah and then the emotes mm.